We had a, uh, well, some years ago, and, and uh, we had a bit of an old car, station wagon, you know, and those days just jammed all the kids in the station wagon. And uh, we were going through a time or a season in the church when we were facing tremendous spiritual pressure. A lot of bad stuff happened, and I had this case with the, I had my, my file with the police was very, very big. Anyway, we were home one night, and uh, I, I looked outside, and my car's gone. And uh, apparently the kids had seen it drive down the drive and go, but they didn't think it was uh, anyone else. So anyway, but someone had stolen our car. They'd got into it and started the thing up and got the thing and drove the station wagon off. And, and I remember thinking, well, we've got no way of replacing this thing. This is a disaster for us. And uh, I remember just thinking, well, what do I do about this? So I rung up the police and I, I reported, hey, my car's been stolen. I gave them the, uh, the number plate and this is Ford Falcon station wagon, and it's our family wagon, and here's the, the number. And they said, oh, you'll never get that back. And, uh, you know, something rose up inside me, and, and I, I said, oh, we'll see. And uh, I got off, and, and I felt the Lord impress on my heart that scripture when David had been ripped off, and, and the Lord spoke to him and said, pursue, overtake, recover all. So, so Joy and I just stood in prayer, and we agreed, and we agreed on certain things. So I said, Lord, we just speak right now. We forbid the stealing of, of our car. We command that car to be returned. Father, we pray the police will discover the man. We pray the conviction of the Holy Spirit will come on him and that we will end up better at the end than we have at the beginning. So we stood in prayer. So I then went to bed. It was about uh, 11 o'clock at night, I suppose. Woke up at 1 and there's a, there's a phone call. And I thought, oh, who's ringing me 1? This is a bad time to ring. And it was the police. They said, we found your car. And I said, really? This is the car that wasn't going to be found. It was gone. Going to be broken up for parts. They said, yep, we found it. So anyway, we were able to uh, go get the car and have it restored and got it back home again. And uh, so number one, now I had a look at the petrol tank in it and blow me down. It had been empty when it had been stolen. He couldn't drive it. Now it was full of gas. So I thought, well, I've already done. I'm one up already. And uh, anyway, so, the, so uh, next day, they'd, again, the police go through their thing. So next day I'm out there cleaning the car, trying to tidy it up and thinking, I wonder how the kids allow this to be pushed down the drive and, and someone steal it like this. And I heard this sort of shuffling around behind me. Look around, there's a young guy there. And uh, I said, hello, how are you? What can I do for you? And he said, I'm the young man who stole your car. I said, really? Wow. Oh, well, I'm glad to meet you. I hear they caught up with you. And uh, he said, yes, they did. He said, but when I found it was a pastor, I felt I've been tormented all night. He said, I haven't been able to sleep all night. I've, had, I've felt so bad all night, I just haven't been able to sleep. So he said, I've never done, I've stolen a lot of things in my life and I've never done this before. He said, I wanted to apologize for taking your car. And I said, apology accepted. I said, I believe, he said, I tell, well, we're a pastor, we pray and we, but we've been praying for you. We pray that God will touch your life. And I began to ask him some questions, listen to his story. We took him in, he had a meal with us. There's a guy who stole the car. So we had a meal, introduced him to all the family and that was, uh, I think, you know, Saturday. The next day he was in church on Sunday. And we led him to the Lord, and his life was blessed. So it was actually able to turn it around completely. Now, not all stories end like that. I've had other thefts that didn't turn out that way. But on the other hand, God is able to turn everything around for our good. You reckon that? And the big thing is to keep your attitude sweet. So I loved your story. Fantastic story about believing that God can do some good things. All right, then. I want to open your Bible with me in John chapter 10. I'm going to share. Uh, I'll revise it and shift it a little bit. But I want to share with you this uh, tonight... Uh, what I shared this morning on hearing the voice of God. Because of all the things that's the most important thing for you to be able to do in your life is to know when God is talking to you. God talks to us. It's got to be important. In fact, 
I can think of times God spoke to me and my whole life, ch- life changed. And just one example, I can remember like it was yesterday, standing doing my lawns, and I was in Dannyvirk, and there I was with the lawnmower, tuk, 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 chundering through all the lawns, huge amount of lawns we had to do then, and in the middle of us, just tuk, tuk, tuk with the mower, I heard God speak to me. And he began to speak to me and talk to me about what he wanted for my life. And I wasn't praying or doing anything. I was just praying in tongues a little bit and just, you know, just it was a sunny, hot day and I'm doing the lawns, not really thinking of anything very spiritual. And suddenly in the middle of it, God's voice came. And he began to speak to me about what he had for me, about him calling me to be a pastor, calling me to lead his people, calling me to a place of leadership. And I had no desire for such a thing at all. I said, I don't think so. I've actually got other things I'm really busy doing. I don't really want to be the leader of a church at all. And uh, I'm really quite full doing what I'm doing already. And he said, no, this is what I've called you to do. I'm going to make it happen. I said, well, you'll have to make it happen because I'm not putting myself forward. And, uh, and I watched. It was about three months from when he spoke to me doing the lawns. And I was ordained and set in as pastor of the church. And I didn't do a thing. It just all seemed to happen. It unfolded and unraveled. And uh, it was because of many other things, of course. But here's the point. My life changed the day I heard God speak. If you were to hear God speak to you, could change your future, could change your future forever. So I want to just talk to you about hearing the voice of God. So we'll just have a look at a couple of scriptures first of all. Let's have a look in uh, John chapter uh, 10. Jesus is talking about thieves and robbers and good shepherds. Verse 27, he says, my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. My sheep hear my voice. Here's the deal. You can hear the voice of God. Now, even if you don't know Jesus, even if you're not saved, you can still hear the voice of God. You have the capacity to hear God speak to you. Adam heard God speaking to him when he was in the garden, even though he'd sinned and walked away from God. People can hear the voice of God. We need to learn what it's like and how to recognize it. Once you become a believer, Jesus expects not only would you hear his voice clearly, but you would actually respond and follow him. So for a believer, the number one thing that I would say, if you had to learn anything in your life, this is the thing you'd want to learn. How can I build a relationship with Jesus and hear his voice consistently? Think about this. All relationships depend on communication. There's no communication. Then what, are you, what happens to that relationship? It just begins to diminish and wither. I see you nodding over there. It's right. It's right, isn't it? relationships wither if there's no communication. Communication requires that I have a heart to listen, to hear, and respond to the other person. So communication is always two-way. What kind of relationship would we be having with God if all we do is talk to Him and we never hear from Him? What kind of relationship is that? So God wants you to have a relationship, and one of the greatest things to cultivate is your capacity to hear Him speak. And uh, so we want to have a look. Notice what he says in John chapter 10. We'll read it in another couple of verses. It says in verse, uh, let's have a look, in verse 4. It says, the sheep follow him for they know his voice. I was, uh, when we were in Dannyburg, we we had a pet sheep. I didn't know anything about sheep. I was from the city. So we decided we'd get a pet lamb. So we got the pet lamb and the farmer gave us the pet lamb. We thought it was a cute little lamb. And then I found out all the problems with cute little lambs that grow up. And finally, we had the sheep. And here's an interesting thing about the sheep. It recognized my voice. I would walk home from school. I was just over the road, living over the road. And the sheep would be around the back. And all I would have to do was call out, Sheepy! Or Christmas dinner. 
<laughs> I call that sheepy. And what would happen is immediately it would just roar around the side of the house and come up to where I was. If I just whistled, that was all it took, it would come around and would come up and would just it would come exactly to where I was. That's the problem if you've got pet sheep. They just become very, very friendly, but they, they learn to recognize your voice. They know who you are. They recognize the voice. My mother came to look after the children at one stage. Her voice, they did not know. The sheep did not know. So my mother had no control over the sheep whatsoever. Just couldn't get it to do anything. It was just a menace for her and pooped all over the bench. But uh, however, I, I, the, the thing is that the sheep learn the sound of the voice. And that's what Jesus said. He said, my sheep hear my voice. In other words, they recognize the tone or the frequency or the sound of me speaking to them. And they respond. So what I want to do is to open up for you just some very simple things on hearing the voice of God. Here's an interesting scripture. I want you to have a look at this one here before we go on and give you the practical keys. In Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4. And uh, verse 24, he said, Take heed what you hear or how you hear, that the measure you use, it'll be measured to you. To those who hear, more will be given. Whoever has, to him more will be given. So here's what he's saying. He's saying, he's talking about having an ear to hear. About eight times in the New Testament, the Gospels, Jesus says, have an ear to hear. In other words, it's important to learn to listen and recognize God speaking and respond. And this is what he says. To those who respond to what God's saying, he gives you more. And you have abundance. If we don't respond to what God says, then what we think we have, we lose. Or what he's saying in another way around, putting it a different way, saying this. Your relationship with God will increase and deepen and grow if you continually respond to what he's hearing him say. But if we ignore what he's saying, then our ears and heart become dull. We don't hear so much anymore. And we think we're doing well as a believer, but we're not really at all. So here's a couple of questions. When did you last hear the voice of God? When did you last hear God speak to you? What did he say to you? And have you done what he said? Have you responded to what he said? When we respond to what he said, it unlocks blessing and his flow of his spirit in our life. So if it's a long time since you've heard God, then you've got a problem in your relationship with him. So no, I haven't. I don't think I have. I'm coming to church and I'm going to a meeting. No, 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 no. Coming to church is good, but it's no substitute for personally connecting with God. So let's have a look at some simple things on how we do it. I want to just give you the basic principle, then open up just the simple keys. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 17. 1 Corinthians 6 and verse 17 says, He that is joined to the Lord is one spirit with the Lord. We are joined to the Lord. When you become a believer, the Spirit of God enters your life. You become one spirit. You and the Holy Spirit or the Spirit of God are joined. So that means it's possible for you to receive all the time, input, communication from the Holy Spirit. He is within you. Jesus, uh, when he left, he said, now I'm going, but he said, I will not leave you an orphan. I'll not leave you alone. I will give you another comfort of the Holy Spirit, Spirit of truth. He will lead you into all truth. So the Spirit of God has come to live inside us. We had joined one spirit to the Lord. So here's the first key. The first key we see is, if I'm going to hear God, I will hear him within my spirit, because that's where I'm joined to God. It's where I'm joined to God. Second thing it tells us is this. It says in John 
7, verse 38, 39, Jesus said, Out of your innermost being will flow rivers of living water. And he was speaking about the Holy Spirit and the ministry of the Spirit. So here's the second key. The movement of the Spirit of God to speak to you comes as a flow like a river. Now, we need to understand that if we're going to hear God, we're going to hear Him from our heart, from our spirit, from our inner man. So if you are looking for God to guide you from outside, you're going to be misled very easily. If you're looking for God to guide you by circumstances, you're going to be misled very, very easily. Because good circumstances do not mean we're in the will of God. Uh, There's a story in the Bible where the the weather looked great. Everyone thought it was good to get on the ship. But Paul, hearing from God, said, No, I perceive that if we continue this journey, it's going to end in disaster. But everyone believed the captain and the good conditions and the good circumstances. And the story is uh, history, of course. The, The boat sank and they lost the whole cargo. It cost them a lot of money not to listen to the voice of God. So circumstances look good, but actually it was going to be a disaster. Just the same circumstances can look difficult and look against us, but that does not mean God is not leading you that way. So you can't look outside you for guidance. You've got to learn to look within and look into the Word of God and listen to the Spirit of God if you're going to let God guide you. So there's some very simple things. Number one, that we're joined to the Spirit. Guidance will come from the Spirit within. Secondly, it'll come like a flow. Now, they need to understand this. God has designed you. You have a mind and a brain. You can think. How many can think clearly? There's one or two. There's three people can think clearly. Rest are quite confused, okay? All right, so, but we have a capacity to think and to reason, work stuff out. So the language of your head and the language of your heart are very different in their nature. The language of your head is quite different to the language of your heart. If God is going to speak to you, he'll speak from your heart and spirit. And the way he'll speak will be different to the way or the language of your head. The language of your head is like this. It is very, first of all, it's very logical. We tend to reason. So, hmm, I'm facing this problem. What should I do? So we get in the reasoning mode. We try to figure it out. So the language of your mind or thinking is a language of reason. It's a language of logic. It's a language where you try to work things out. One, two, three. Well, if I do this, then that may happen. If I do something different, then this might happen. It's about reasoning and figuring things out. How many know what I'm talking about here? In fact, actually, if you are doing some figuring things out, the uh, scientists say that the left side of your brain is incredibly active and busy because that's where you process and your thoughts come. So, So when we're listening to the language of our head, it's a language of structure, a language of order, it's a language of thoughts, one after the other. It's reasoning. But we can't reason our way into divine guidance. You can't reason your way into the things of God. We need to receive by revelation, and we receive from our heart. So the language of your heart is quite different. The Bible says it is a flow. It is a flow. That means it's spontaneous. You ever watch a river? Rivers don't sort of go one two, three, four. Rivers sort of flow and move. And they sort of bubble and they're full of life. So he's using the language of a river, saying that the movement of the Spirit of God within you to speak to you is one that's like a river. It is spontaneous. It comes uh, as a movement or a flow from inside you. What kind of flow does it come as? It comes as a flow of pictures or images. It comes as a flow of words. It comes as a flow of thoughts or ideas. It comes 
as a flow of impressions where you sense something or feel something. It comes as a flow sometimes of emotions. So sometimes, uh, let me give you an example. How many of you have been in a movie and uh, there was some certain point in the movie, maybe there was someone and he was an underdog and finally he comes and he wins some great, he rises above all circumstances and he suddenly achieves and he wins and he gets a great breakthrough. Often it's very easy to feel emotional. You feel something rise up and you think, I wonder why I'm feeling tears. Or we see one of our, our runners or whatever in the Olympic Games and they run the distance and find they run, they pass everyone there, there, and then you see them on the dais and they put on the, 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 the medal and they play New Zealand anthem and you see your heart sort of, you feel emotions rising up inside. They, in other words, the picture of someone achieving and winning a prize stirs something in the heart. So emotions can be evidence of movement in your heart. Uh, Thoughts and spontaneous pictures are evidence of movement in your heart. So we need to understand, if God's going to speak to me, I've got to learn how to tune into the flow from my heart. So there's a verse in uh, the Old Testament. It's found in the book of Habakkuk, if you could find it. If you can't find it, then that won't matter. In Habakkuk chapter 2, this is what he says. I will stand on the watch, I'll set me on the watch, and I will look to see what God will say to me. So in other words, notice this, he said, I will position myself. He's he's a watchman, he's a man of prayer. So when he says, I'll set myself on the watch, he's saying, I will position myself, and then I will look to see what God will say to me. In other words, he's implying that many of the ways God speaks to us, we see something. And uh, then how I'll respond when God speaks to me. So let me just give you, first of all, some simple reasons why people struggle to get something from God. So we just get that out of the way. And then I'll give you just the very simple steps or process that will help you. And you begin to practice these things. You can begin to start to flow and hear the voice of God. And I'd love you at the end of the meeting to just in a few minutes, just to open your heart to see what God is wanting to say to you. What an amazing thing. If you can go away and you say, God spoke to me in the meeting tonight. Then I'd love to pray for a few of you. And we'll see what God will say to you. We'll listen to God. So here's some of the reasons that we get blocks. Remember, if I'm going to hear from God, it will come as a flow from inside. So if you have sin in your life, you have deliberate things wrong, what that will do is it'll tend to give a voice of condemnation. You'll hear constantly, you're reminded about what's wrong. Hidden sin blocks or hinders the flow of the Spirit of God talking to you. Because what God's wanting to tell you about is your sin. And if you don't want to deal with your sin, then there's kind of like this block inside. God says, I want to talk about that sin. I want you to get out of it. I want you to repent. I want you to get right. I want you to get flowing with me again. And you're saying, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to even go there. So if I'm going to hear the voice of God, I've got to make a decision that things that offend him, I'll remove them consciously as I'm aware of them. So the first thing is hidden sin can cause a block in our heart. The second thing that can cause blocks to us hearing the voice of God, second thing is very similar, is if I'm disappointed with God. I found many, many Christians are not hearing God anymore because they had a difficult situation in which they were hurt and disappointed. And when we're disappointed, there's a grief and a pain gets in our life. We don't understand why this happened like it did. And we feel God somehow has not been fair to us. Now, how are you going to hear God if you've got an attitude to Him? You know, someone, if if you meet someone and you've got a bit of an attitude and you're disappointed in them, you feel the wall go up the moment you see them. You notice with Adam, 
the moment God came to him, he went and hid. So if we are disappointed with God and holding grief in our heart, it can block hearing God. What you better to do is to just face your disappointment and say, God, we've been needing to talk for a long time. And I've been disappointed and I shut down my heart and I drew back from you and I've just been going through the motions of being a Christian, but I'm not connected. And then begin to talk to him about your disappointment. He already knows about it. You're the one who won't face it and admit it. So disappointment. The other thing is griefs and offenses. Grief and offense. We can have situations which cause grief or which offend us. We get an attitude in our heart. Those things can be just blocks. They're like a a stone in the heart. They're like they harden up your heart and build a wall that just stops you receiving. So if we're going to come near to God, the Bible says when you come to pray, forgive. So don't come holding things against people. That creates issues or blocks in the heart. Creates like a lot of noise that stops you being sensitive. Because remember, if we're going to hear the voice of God, we're going to have to listen to our heart. And if you don't want to go there, that's going to be a problem. I, I was talking with one person who asked for prayer, and the person was wanting to be prayed for, ministered, and, and uh, I began to say, well, you know, one of the things you need to do is to face some of the feelings, some of the issues of, of conflict you've never faced before, and her whole face screwed up. She didn't want to do it. I said, well, what you're wanting is God to solve your problem without you being willing to look at your problem and talk to him about it. You'll have to talk to him about it. You'll have to bring out what's in your heart to him. Uh, another thing is that stops us hearing the voice of God is a mindset. Now, a mindset means you've fixed your thinking. So therefore, anything that's contrary to that, you're not going to hear it. You know, if you've got a mindset, you've got a mindset that uh, all Arabs are terrorists, you know what's going to happen when you meet an Arab. Immediately, he's a terrorist. In your mind, he's a terrorist. Now, of course, not all Arabs are terrorists. This is just actually a mindset. But what it'll do, it'll stop you connecting with that person. It'll create a block immediately because you've got this mindset. And so many times, one of the reasons we struggle to hear from God is because we have a mindset about how it will happen or what he needs to say or what we want him to do. A mindset or we have something we've already set on. So, for example, I've had people come and uh, they want me to, uh, they want to, they want to share with me about a relationship. And, but when I try to point out the problems in the relationship that need to be addressed, they don't want to hear. They've got a mindset that blocks everything contrary to what they think. And so they reject counsel. They reject the voice of God to pursue what they want to pursue. I've had that over and over and over again. And so this is a problem. Mindset is a fixed way of looking at something. And people have many mindsets about God and about life and about all kinds of things. Finances, if you have mindsets, then you are literally constructed a wall that stops you receiving anything contrary to it. That's something that can block you off. You can have a mindset about men, a mindset about women, a mindset about finances, a mindset about who you are. You can have all kinds of mindsets. So these are some of the things that can just create blocks, and we need to just be aware of them. And, of course, the last one, is, the last two uh, is uh, one of them, it can be demonic oppression. Sometimes the reason you can't hear God is you're too oppressed. You've just got too much heaviness. Have you ever noticed if you get depressed, you don't hear God? Have you ever noticed when you're depressed? Some people don't get depressed, but many of us have experienced depression at various times. When you're depressed, there's like a spirit sits over your mind, and your mind clouds, and you can't receive from the Holy Spirit. 
Until you break that depression, you don't hear God. Because it's a demonic spirit that's influencing your mind instead of the Spirit of God influencing your mind. And then the last one, and one of the major reasons people uh, don't receive or hear from the Spirit of God is they just lean into their own reasoning all the time and try to work everything out. We have to learn to shift and make changes to hear the voice of God. So having shared those things, how many can identify with at least one of those things? You can say, man, there's one of those I've struggled with, one of those I've wrestled with. That's, that's great. That's very honest. So the, the question then would be, if you've identified one thing blocking you to hearing the voice of God, what will you do to address it? What will you do to address it? If, we're, if I, I need to hear God's voice, why? Because my life is committed to Him. I'm walking with Him. I'm in relationship with Him. I need to know Him speaking to me. I need Him to encourage me. I need to hear His voice. I need to get His perspectives. I need to know what I should do. I need to know those things. And the only way, if I've got blocks that hinder that, I need to address them. So what will you do about the block you've got? When will you do it? You want to write down, if you take your notes and write down, this is the block, I'm aware of it, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to deal with it. And I'll just start on it this week. If you need help, get some help. Just deal with it. Get it out of the way. Okay then. So let me give you several simple ways that we can receive or hear or recognize the voice of the Spirit of God. And then just a couple of, I want to give you some checks, some things. Because I know a lot of people say, well, God told me this, God told me that, God told me that. And I look at them and I think, you are weird. Weird plus. So we want to be able to hear God without the weirdness factor, okay? So I'll give you several checks to stop the weirdness factor creeping in. So if I'm going to hear the voice of God, here's several practical things you can do. Number one, number one, free up your spirit. If you are going to hear the voice of God, it's going to be from within. It's going to be a flow. You need to literally free up the flow from within your spirit. Now, what are the ways you could do that? There's quite simple ways you can do it. It's not very hard. Speaking in tongues is a way of freeing up your spirit. You just get a flow when you speak in tongues. Your spirit is flowing. Your spirit is praying. Here's another thing you could do is you start to begin to thank God and begin to recognize and remember the blessings and begin to express gratitude to Him. Gratitude will, up, will, up, will cause your spirit to lift up. See, that's another way. Begin to start to praise Him. Your spirit starts to come up. So there's several things I can do that will free up my spirit. Sometimes the reason your spirit is, is uptight and there's no flow is because you've got a conflict or something you're anxious about. And so when you try to listen to God, you just hear this thing talking and yelling in your mind. The voice of God is gentle. It's quite light. It's easily stopped. So if I've got noisy noise in my mind and distracting, dominating thoughts, I have to literally aggressively cast them, push them out of the way. Otherwise, I'm not going to hear from God. So number one, free up your spirit. Number two, there's a need to focus your thoughts or to fix your thoughts towards God. So how do you do that? You are literally having to eliminate distractions. Now, how do you fix your thoughts? One of the best ways you can fix your thoughts is with a picture. If you were to take Scripture and the Bible says that Jesus is ever before me and you were to begin to picture, wonder what it looks like for Jesus to be before me and I'll just begin to picture him standing there. He is my friend and he's near me and I will fix my attention on him that he is near me. Then what will happen is the fixing of your attention with the picture starts to cause everything else to just diminish as you fix your mind. So you fix your mind 
on Jesus the person. It helps to put a picture there, but it's not the picture we're focused. It just helps you focus your thoughts. The third thing is when, I, when you focus or fix your thoughts on Jesus, there needs to be faith. You need to expect him to say something to you. You need to expect him to speak to you. Faith means I believe what God says. He says, my sheep hear my voice. So it shouldn't be hard for me to hear his voice. Probably, uh, I doubt it because it seems so easy and it seems to be such an easy thing. I doubt that it's really God. When people are listening to the voice of God, here's the thing. It will be like an impression or gentle flow of thoughts. It's so light, it can seem as though it's your thoughts. And that's because they are your thoughts in your head, but they've come from the Holy Spirit. There are lots of thoughts can get in your head. Now, the thoughts that are centered or come from yourself, they generally are focused on yourself. The thoughts that come from demons generally are very demanding and pressuring, and they're often evil in intent. But the thoughts that come from God are usually gentle and life-giving and quite easily stop. So I need to fix my mind on the Lord, expecting Him to give me something, for something to begin to come. Then the fourth thing, this is a simple key. Feel what you're thinking. Feel or identify what you're getting, what you are receiving. Identify the impressions you get. How many, for example, of you have, uh, have uh, read uh, through a chapter of the Bible and one voice, one verse, sorry, it's kind of lit up. It seemed like it just seemed to stand out to you. You just noticed it. You kind of looked at the whole page and then one, you just seemed to be drawn to it. And didn't know anything about it, but you just seemed to be drawn. How many have had that experience? Okay, all right, tell you what that is. That is the Holy Spirit drawing your attention. He wants to speak to you out of that verse. So even though you've looked at and read the whole chapter, the one that you felt the draw to, that is where the Spirit of God wants you to go to and take time to ponder and think and dwell in it because he wants to speak to you from that. And it's in fixing your mind on it and allowing yourself to think about it, you begin to open up to the thoughts of God and the insights from the Holy Spirit. That's how it comes to you. That's how I get messages together. I can do all the study, but study is using your natural mind, your logical processes. You look up a concordance, you look up a dictionary, you look the verses, you find this, find that, blah, blah, blah. But all of that's just logical. What is needed is the flow of the Spirit to illuminate what's important, put together what you haven't recognized before, to connect ideas with you haven't seen before. And that requires a flow of the Spirit to do that. So to do that, I've got to stop being in the study mode and actually get into a pondering, allowing the Holy Spirit to speak to me through His words. And I often find that works in the shower. Why does it work in the shower? I can hear God better in the shower than in the study. Well, really quite simple, because in the shower you're relaxed. In the shower, you don't have books and things around you. You've just got what you've got in you. And you have a chance to just ponder while you're relaxed. And so I'm just relaxing in the shower. Oh, thoughts start to come. Oh, my. I just see exactly what it is. Sometimes I found just going to bed at night thinking about something from the Word of God that God was drawing my attention to. I wake up the next morning. As I'm waking up, ideas are coming to my mind. They're coming from the Spirit of God. Now, remember this. It's so gentle and light, it feels like your own thoughts. It feels like it's just from you. You've got to learn to recognize the thoughts that come from God. So it helps if you write them down. And as you write them down or journal them, you can often get in a flow of writing. It helps if you act on what God says, because he says if you'll act on what he gives you, he'll give you more. 
So if you're reading a chapter and one verse comes to mind and you take time and attention to look at it, you, God promises you give you more. He'll start to open up what he's wanting to speak to you out of that situation. Now, it's very gentle. It's a very gentle flow. It's so gentle, it hardly feels like anything. That's why you've got to silence all the noise inside. Free up your spirit with gratitude and praise, letting things go to God, focusing your attention on Him, expecting for Him to, res- to give you something, and then identify the impressions, the things you feel. And I will sometimes when I'm even studying or looking for messages or things like that, I'll just feel no life on something. It's just it's good, but it doesn't there's no quickly no life on that. Wherever the spirit is moving, there's something comes alive. So you could have a whole page of things you're reading and looking at, but there's just one you feel you're drawn to. That's where the life will be. That's where the spirit is leading you. And so it's very, very simple. Now this is not just a something that happens once or often or when you're in a prayer meeting. This is something you build a daily relationship with God, time in His Word, time in prayer, looking for God to speak to you. And if you're serious, you write down the things God's saying to you. I have in my iPad, as I've been seeking guidance just recently, I have every little piece of guidance that I felt God giving me is itemized in my iPad under guidance. Why? Because each little thing itself may not be very much, but together they form a consistent and compelling direction from the Spirit of God. You get any idea? Remember, it's not in the big, it's in the little. Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven, like the sower that sows the seed, if you don't understand the power of the seed, the devil will take the seed away. I believe that many of us, God has sown seeds to you and given thoughts and ideas, but because you didn't understand it and thought it was so little, you let the devil take it away, didn't understand its significance in changing your life. This is one of the problems. When God gives us things, it's very, very little. But when we give ourselves to dwelling on it, pondering on it, thinking about it, asking him for further insight, it grows. Within the seed is a tree. So in all aspects of our life, within the seed is a tree. It's in the little thing, if you'll give yourself to it and develop it, it begins to grow. So, hearing the voice of God. Now, let me just finish on how not to become an idiot. At the end of it, we'll probably put it under that heading. Or you could say, um, you could put it down under the, under the thing of uh, guidelines as to whether you heard the voice of God. But how not to become a spiritual idiot? How do we put it that way? So there's a few ways people become a spiritual idiot. Here, let me just give them to you. These are cautions about impressions you receive. Number one, uh, here's the first question. Does it agree with the Word of God? If what you're receiving is just contrary to what the Bible says, the Holy Ghost is not going to contradict himself. I had some people say, oh, I just feel I prayed, and we feel it's right to move in with one another and live together. And I say, what, you mean you're going to be having sexual relationships? How can the Holy Spirit be leading you to do that when he says, you know, abstain from fornication? Come on, help me understand how the one who wrote the Bible now is telling you a different story, and it's your story. It's so different because it's about you. Actually, this is what he says. So don't say that's guidance from God. That's coming from your own heart. It's all about you. So if it doesn't agree with the Word of God, I hear all kinds of weirdness come, and people say, God told me this, God told me that, God told me that. I think this is just weirdness. You're hearing from yourself, or you're hearing even worse from demonic spirits. If it's from the Word, of, if it's from the Spirit of God, it'll never contradict the Bible. It may highlight things we haven't been aware of, 
and uh, may bring understanding of things, but it'll always have a reference base in the Bible. So your spiritual experiences need to be anchored back to the Word of God. Any idea? How many can think of some weirdness already? <laughs> okay. Well, here's the second one. Here's the second thing. Is what you're getting, does it edify and exhort you and stir you up and build you up, or does it put you down? If it lifts you up, then it's probably the Spirit of God. If it puts you down, it's probably demonic in origin. That's quite simple, isn't it? God does not condemn. He lifts us up. Now, sometimes the things He speaks to us are a little bit painful. I remember when I was with, uh, speak in the, I was having some time uh, downloading to God because I was in a very painful situation, and then there was a silence, and I know that silence. He's about to talk to me, and he said this. He said, I am not committed to your comfort. I'm committed to your character. And then he began to nail me on something. He said, what you did was wrong. And I knew that was God. I didn't feel condemned. It was specific. It was about exactly about something. I knew what I'd done. And it gave me hope that if I changed, I would see something happen. I remember being in a meeting one time. I walked in there. There's this guy in a wheelchair. I looked. I thought, oh, no, guy in a wheelchair. Oh, no. I, no, I don't like wheelchairs. And uh, I felt my heart sink with unbelief. And as I walked to my seat, the Lord said, you've got a bad attitude. He just said, you've got a bad attitude. Now, that, that's not putting me down. That's just saying, you have an attitude. It's a bad one. And I needed to repent. I just said, Lord, I just repent straight away. And he said, now, this is what I want you to do. I want you to meditate in healing. And I want you to picture and see that man healed. I want you to believe for him to get up tonight and come out of that wheelchair. And so I spent some time through the service while worshiping, meditating, and then faith suddenly came into my heart. I, now, how did it happen? I suddenly, now, I was doing this, meditating on him being healed by Jesus, Jesus coming over, touching him, and being healed and stepping up. I was imagining it in my imagination, and then suddenly the picture of God just suddenly flashed into my mind, and I saw him stand up. And I went, whoa, he's going to walk. And... Uh, I got very excited because I've never seen that happen before. And uh, we got praying for some people, and then eventually I prayed for him. And sure enough, he got up. He not only walked, he ran. Now, here's, notice the things in there. The correction from the Lord was, was quite straight and quite specific, but it was for good. It never gave condemnation. It gave a clear directive how to get out of it. Not only that, it produced a good fruit, so I know it came from God. Okay, number one, the Word of God. Number two, it edifies, exhorts, and comforts. It uh, does you good, lifts you up, bless you. Third, here's a good one. It's open to the counsel of others. Now, this is where a lot of people go off the rails. This is where they become just spiritually stupid and, and do crazy stuff. If I've got something from God, in James 3 it says, the wisdom above is easily, it's teachable and approachable and open to reason. It's open to being talked about. So if you've got guidance from God, it should be able to stand in the light with spiritually mature people. So if God says he's told you to do something and you put it out before some spiritually mature people and ask for their counsel, if it's God, it'll stand the test. If it isn't God, they'll say, no, we don't think that's God. Now that doesn't mean they're against you or they're not hearing God. It means your counsel is getting the light of day. It's getting scrutiny. One of the most common ways I've seen people go off the rails is this. They just have no one to run their counsel by because they don't build a relationship with people who could give them advice. This is crazy nonsense. In the council of many, plans are established. So in getting direction, that's another area. A, 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 a fourth one, it brings a fruit of peace in our life, and it exalts Jesus and lifts him up. So there's just some simple things. Now, I want you just to close your eyes for a moment.
I want you just to stop for a minute now. Just stop. Now, we're just going to finish the service up now. I'm going to pray for a few people. But here's the first thing I'd like to ask. Did God, did, what, did, what impression or what impressed you tonight? As you think about tonight's service, was there some point where something impressed your heart? You felt something stir because of what was said or done or happened. What was that thing that impressed you? Try and identify it right now. How many of you felt, as you felt that impression, quite clearly you were, you were to learn something or God was getting your attention about something? How many felt God's trying to get your attention about something? Just put your hand up while their eyes are closed. I got lots of hands going up. Oh, very, very good. Okay, then. Here's the next question then. What will you do about what that issue is? What will you do? What will you do? What action will you take? What steps will you take to respond to what God said to you tonight? Now, here's the wonderful thing, is that God is accessible all of the time. He's accessible all of the time. Praise the Lord. I'm going to just pray for a few people, and then we're going to have an opportunity for you to receive prayer. Can I just pray for you? Just come, dear, come. Mel, why don't you come up too and pray for you too? Well, you felt in the beginning of the meeting I wanted to speak to you. Just come over here. Just stand there. Praise the Lord. Okay. Praise the Lord. Well, God bless you. Well, just close your eyes. Look up to the Lord. Don't look to me. I want you to look up expecting Jesus to speak with you. And he's able to speak to you without my help at all. He's able to speak to you inside and your spirit. But uh, I'm going to uh, just myself reach out to the Lord for something for you. And so I'll just be relaxed and have my spirit free. And as I'm doing that, I'll be fixing my attention on Jesus, looking to him about something he wants to say to you. And I'll expect he'll give me a picture, a thought, and it'll flow spontaneously. And if I'll speak about it, I believe the Spirit of God will just flow and touch your life. Lord, well, I just thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You just love her. You know her. Thank you, Lord, that, uh, well, there it is. And immediately I see it. And so let me just share with you what I saw. I just saw a picture drop into my mind of a boat in a storm. A boat in a storm. And it feels like your life, you are in a storm. There's many things are coming up all around you, and it's stirring up a storm in your emotions and in your thinking, in your soul. And uh, it's, an, it's, it's kind of like uh, that picture of the storm. The boat is filling with water, and the waves look big, and the wind looks big. And you're thinking, I just think I'm going to sink. I feel like I'm being overwhelmed by it all. But the Lord is with you. He wants you to see that He is with you in the midst of your storm. You need have no fear because Jesus is with you. He is standing with you. He is alongside you. He wants you to have no fear about what is happening. He wants you to understand that the storm you're in is an opportunity to stand up. It's an opportunity to believe. It's an opportunity to hold on to God's promises in your life. God is healing things from your past. He is it's like Lazarus. He kind of called Lazarus out and the cave was opened up and out came this man. But oh my, there were grave clothes and they're all the smell of death. It's like God has reached into your life, drawn you out into salvation experience. And now there's all these grave clothes, old things, old things clinging to you that other people put on you. And Jesus wants you to know he's going to take them all off. Don't be worried about the storm. Don't be worried about the grave clothes. Don't be worried about the trouble in your emotion. Jesus said, I am with you. I will never leave you. Focus on me in the storm and look to me to show you 
and I will teach you how to walk through the storm. Now, Lord, I'm asking that you would bring your peace, that you would calm the storm in his soul tonight. Every spirit that troubles you, we forbid its operation. Now, Lord, just let your peace come. Here it is. It's coming right now, just like that, see? Just coming out of heaven, flowing over your life. Because with God's words come his peace and his presence. Touch her, Lord. Touch her. Holy Spirit, come on her now. Holy Ghost, come. Praise the Lord. So, all I did was free up my spirit, focus my attention on the Lord, look for a picture. I got the slightest picture, and I just began to talk about it. And as I talked, it grew. It became something that was real and touched her life. That's how simple it is. So, well, I thought, you know, you must have... No, it's no big thing. It's just remaining quiet inside and listening. This is a lifestyle. It's a habit you develop, waiting in the presence of God, meditating in the scriptures and asking him to speak to you imagine if God was speaking to you every day imagine if he was talking to you about your day and starting to share with you things he wanted to do in that day wouldn't that be wonderful it can happen for you but you have to position yourself for it thank you Lord Father I just thank you for Mal and Mal again just close your eyes and look up to Jesus because he's the one that is wanting to speak with you He's the one who's wanting to speak with you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now, again, as I just stay relaxed and just reach out to the Lord and just stay focused on him. I'm not trying to get any answers. I'm just reaching out and saying, Jesus, you love her. She's your daughter. Show me what you want to say to her. And so as I was doing that, I just felt something very, very simple happen. You know what I saw? I saw a path. It was kind of like a steep radiant. And you are on that path. It's like you're climbing uphill. And it feels like you have been climbing uphill. You know, when you're walking on a flat path, it's quite straightforward. When you're walking on a, a downhill path, it's even easier. But when you're walking an uphill path, there's an effort in every step. And I feel the Lord showing me that you're having to take an effort, a conscious effort, with every step you're taking. But I see you're coming to the top, and there's decisions you're making. And then it goes down the other side. It's a lot easier. The Lord wants to encourage you. Keep your eyes fixed on him. He's got your hand. You're not going to falter. You're not going to fall and roll back downhill. You're going to make decisions. And you'll go over the top of the mountain and start to come into a place of enlargement. The Lord says it's okay. It's okay to make decisions. It's okay to change your mind. It's okay to have new thoughts. He's with you. He knows the journey you're taking. And he's helping you. Now, Lord, just come and touch you right now. Pour out your presence upon Mel. There it is, presence of God coming now. Holy Spirit, just touch her. Come from heaven upon her, rest upon her, and bring peace into her heart tonight. In Jesus' mighty name. Remember, always with words from God, there comes a peace in a person's life. <laughs> Holy Spirit, come. Thank you, Lord. I think it's a great presence of God to speak to people tonight. Great if others could hear God's voice speak. Come on, come on, come on. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Just come. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. 
Well, of course, it's, it's not easy just to pray for you because I, I know something about your plans. But if you just fix your eyes on the Lord and I fix my eyes on Him, I just know He's going to show us something. Now, as I'm doing that, I'm just consciously removing all awareness. Sarah's my daughter. I notice the decisions she's making right now. I've just got to push them all aside. I just begin to look to Jesus. I see what Jesus has done. And then I'll just give words to what I'm seeing. Now, this is what I see. I see Jesus, and he's holding a, a box, a treasure chest. And it's very big, and it's full of treasure. And I see you have reached your hands out to him, and you've got hold of one side of the box, he's got hold of the other. And what he wants you to know is he, he has invested great treasures within you. He has built within your life many treasures well beyond what you realize, well beyond what you understand. But you've had a hunger for things of the Spirit, and God has built and imparted and put into your life many things which are treasures. There are natural treasures, but there are spiritual treasures. And God has put spiritual treasures in you. And that box, as I'm looking at it, is a closed box, meaning that at this point in time it's sealed up and people can't see what's in it. But then as you go forth with the box in your hand, I see the lid opening and you're beginning to explore the treasures. And then you're beginning to distribute the treasures. There's just many, 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 many people. Many, many, many people. And I see some of them are incredibly poor. Some of them are incredibly poor. I see orphans. I see children. I see poor people, desperate people. And you're opening your hands. Treasures of the heavens are flowing into the lives of people. I feel the Lord saying, don't forget your destiny, because he hasn't forgotten. And your destiny is to carry his word, his spirit, his life, to carry healing miracles, and a flow of prophetic revelation from heaven. Expect it to increase, not diminish. Take the treasures one by one. Explore them, use them, deploy them. The Lord says he's going to open the doors for you, one after the other, after the other. You will be amazed. This is something God's called you to. I know you're connected, and I know as a couple you're going into a place, but God's wanting you to know there's something he has through you. And I see it connected to children, to those who are in poverty, those who are poor, and I see miracles flowing through your hands. I see gold dust on your hands. I see a flow of the river of God from heaven touching people's life. I see you having prophetic visions. I see you bringing people, and they're standing there. As they lift their hands, they're coming to encounter God. Just, there's many of them all at once, hundreds upon hundreds. I see you standing there in heaven opening, the reign of God coming on people and them experiencing it. This is your legacy. These are the treasures. And God has given you a little taste. You've seen little bits of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of something else. And, but they've all been accumulating over many years. Now the Lord says, the box is yours. Now begin to explore the treasures within and release them into the lives of others. Here it is in the moment. There's going to be a handing into your life, into your spirit. Of, of many, many treasures.
particularly the whole area of visions, revelations, insight to heaven. It's going to increase, not decrease. But guard it because it's pressure. It's treasure we have within an earthen vessel, Christ in us. Here it comes. Here it comes. Heaven opening over your life right now. Oh, there it is. Look into heaven. Look up. There it is. Right now. And see as he gives to you. Stay in that place of looking. It'll unravel for you without me doing anything. Just stay in that place of looking. Praise the Lord. Well, what an extract, eh? I wonder if anyone here tonight who doesn't know Jesus. It'd be a great night to receive him, to ask him to be your saviour. But there may be others tonight. If you want to receive Jesus Christ, I'd love to just pray with you. Come up and just let me know and I'll pray with you. There may be others tonight and what you're needing is just to be, just us to lay hands on you and just to release a fresh flow of God's Spirit moving in your life to speak to you. If you'd like that tonight, why don't you come on up here and don't focus on who's praying for you. Just come and stand, lift your hands. If you know God was speaking to you about something tonight and you've decided to act on that, just make your way to the front. We're, going to, we're not going to find out all what it is. We're going to just lay hands and endorse it and just bless you. I feel tonight there's an impartation come on people. Would you do that tonight? Just come, 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 come. People tonight needing to come. Just, just stand together. Stand. Let's stand. Let's stand. You know God spoke to you? Make your way to the front. You're wanting a release of this flow of anointing, of the spirit of revelation? Make your way to the front. God bless you. have had a wonderful week. Just come, just worship tonight. Just come and lift your hands and worship. I wanted to pray for you because I felt God wanted to speak to you. I did. I saw you over there and I felt God wanted to speak to you. So I'm so glad you've come up. Is there anyone else? Anyone else? Anyone else? Okay, well, God bless you tonight. We're so glad you're here. If you want to stay just in the place of prayer uh, while people are being prayed for, that's fine. If it's your friend up here and you want to come and stand behind them, feel free to do that. Okay, then let's just reach out and worship the Lord now. Praise the Lord, honey. Sergeant, we need you to do some praying and ministering to people. Come on.